1: Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast presented by BAT365. We are part of the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. We are beginning our series of division previews for the next eight episodes every Tuesday, every Thursday. We are going. We are all football from now until the end of the Super Bowl Come the first Sunday of the NFL season, we will be going Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, me and my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon.
2: Hello, Hot Chat. How we doing, brother?
1: Uh, Dude, you don't sound good.
2: I'm I'm good. I'm in Hawaii. I'm living the dream, my man.
1: Well. Did you have any nightmares last night? <laughs>
2: <laughs> why do you, why do you want to talk about this? People don't want to hear about my my shortcomings. They do.
1: Because it's freaky and it's and cuz when you said it and you'll explain it, Matt Mitchell said it happens to him and these things have never happened to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you've uh you've never been abducted by aliens, Chad?
1: Well, that's different than what happened to you. Apparently
2: it's not. That's what I looked up sleep paralysis. And that's a lot of uh, people recurring things. They get abducted. Luckily, I've never been abducted. But yeah, Chad's referring to, I, I have this weird thing where I'll wake up. I'm still asleep, but I think I'm awake and you see stuff, um, which is what Chad's referring to. And I unfortunately have a fear of spiders. Um, I know it's probably the least manly thing i'm actually getting better i'll say this off the top i'm getting better at it but i'm in hawaii and if you don't know there are just massive insects here and um it's weird the number one thing i'm scared of here is centipedes i don't know if you've ever read about the hawaiian centipede chad but it is a little bastard if it bites or stings you it hurts like a mother um and they're about six to seven inches long so they're pretty damn big but that's besides the point yeah i I basically rolled over and I saw a giant spider on my wall. So in a true manly fashion, sprinted out of the bedroom, closed the door behind me, and then took me about an hour to get the courage to go back into said room with uh basically like a spray to kill the spider. And I couldn't find it, and that's when I realized I probably just made it up in my own dream. So I went to bed at, I would say, 1 a.m. after the Women's World Cup ended, and I woke up at 5 a.m. So, you know, a nice little four hours of sleep before joining you on this lovely
1: podcast. You know what I love? I love how you share your vulnerabilities on the show. <laughs> because if you are <laughs> you are the opposite of someone, you are like 6'3", and you are strong and you're a professional better who like that is a hard job and it can be a scary job. And yet you're still willing to come on and talk about love one. Love lost, fear of spiders, your Pikachu cards. That's beautiful.
2: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I told you, I think the scariest part of my job will always be handling a lot of cash, like going for with a lot of cash with sports book. Will always be the scariest, but I'd rather do that a million times over than to even have to deal with one little spider. So that let you, let's let you know where I stand, where where I'm at with spiders, Chad.
1: Well, uh, you know what's not. Scary, thinking about talking to our very good friend, friend of the show, former Action Network colleague, new betting analyst for Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. I get the newsletter. It's really good. I'm excited that Matthew Friedman is going to be coming on the show. We're going to preview the NFC West. It's going to be the first division preview we're doing As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Matthew Friedman, I feel like you were just on the show before we could announce that you were officially joining Fantasy Life. Now you have joined. Uh, tell us how great it is. Tell us everything you're going to be doing. Tell us how awesome Matthew Barry is as a boss. Yeah, the uh, the best boss I've ever had,
0: without question. Um, See,
1: I knew. You know, I well, knew. you set me up.
0: It's like you wanted me to go there, Chad. Yeah. You know, we, we are a long time Nemesis, you and I. And so, uh, even though I would say that, um, I don't really carry that mantle anymore. Whenever I come back on the show, I, I feel the need to assume that role, uh, just to, uh, just to make sure I don't disappoint you more than, more than anything else. I feel like you want me to come on the show and still like maintain my, my hatred edge.
1: You're underestimating my continued annoyance of you and, disappointment and hatred okay
0: well uh that's fine in some ways i feel like even that is still uh on brand and within keeping of what uh you would expect but yeah everything is great at fantasy life um i am working on a series long series of articles 32 articles breaking down all the different teams from a betting perspective entering the season so ranking all of their different units the individual units power ratings for all the teams projections for the teams uh win total projections projecting the 53-man rosters for all the teams with notes on literally every player uh players on the borderline as well Uh, so it is a, a beefy process i feel like i'm climbing up everest doing it but it is uh it's the most fun i've had in years so absolutely thrilled to be in this position
1: The most fun you've had in say exactly two years since you left the Action Network, but that was the most fun you had had until this time? I I don't know if we need to
0: contextualize it within that time frame. You know, I I would just say the most fun I've had in years.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to getting a full debriefing on uh, the ways in which Matthew Berry is a better boss than me. But until then, we got to break down the NFC West, the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams the Cardinals. There are question marks all over this freaking division. Here's how we're going to start. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Cause right now we don't know Kyler Murray's status. We don't know Matthew Stafford's status. We're hoping Brock Purdy is ready to go. But like, other than that, it's only Gino Davis and I mean, Gino Smith and the uh, Seahawks, who we know for a fact who their quarterback is. Friedman, how are we handicapping this?
0: I mean, I'm going to assume that Matthew Stafford is close to the Matthew Stafford that we saw in 2021, that, uh, you know, what we saw last year was a guy who, you know, had arm issues He's rested now. He comes back. The question is, can he stay healthy? But I think at the beginning of the season, he's fairly close to 2021 Matthew Stafford. Brock Purdy, I think you know the main question with him is not so much the elbow stuff because he's already returned to action. You know, He's somewhat limited, two days on, one day off. But it's a very positive step that he's already out on the field, taking snaps, going through his reads, doing all of the stuff. Like the days that he's on, he's fully on. So that is very encouraging for him. I think the question isn't so much, is he going to be the week one starter, but is he going to be the guy that we saw the first seven games that he started last year when he was healthy? Now, like on the one hand, he's a seventh rounder, like Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, You have to have a pretty like low baseline, but he's in an offense that uh, has made other quarterbacks. Uh, look like fantastic players he's got playmakers around him and what he did last year was super impressive so we have to take that like and balance it with the fact that he's a seventh rounder so Purdy is really intriguing to me Kyler Murray I I wouldn't say like I'm riding off for this season but you know there's a chance he doesn't play uh, another snap for the Cardinals but Purdy if he's healthy which it looks like he's trending in that direction I think he's enough for the rest of that San Francisco team
1: to be a strong contender in the NFC. All right. I feel like you are Simon, I want your take on this, but Friedman just described Purdy as a Mr. Irrelevant seventh rounder, just enough. That is not the Purdy who we saw playing for the Niners last year before he was injured in that Eagles game. The Purdy we saw playing was making plays, was winning games. He wasn't just managing games. So, square for me, your opinion of Purdy right now versus what Friedman is describing, which is essentially Trent Dilfer.
2: I mean, that's what he is. It feels like Purdy's that ex girlfriend with all those red flags, but you're like, well, that one time she was really nice to me and like took care of me when I was sick. That feels like what Brock Purdy is, where it's like, yeah, he had that incredible run, but we kind of saw who he was right when the defense is really prepared for him in the playoffs. Like, it's just, There's a reason he was a seventh-round pick. And I love what Shanahan's doing, which is he's giving the guy his loyalty of being what Freeman just talked about. It's like this guy got us to that point. He deserves to be the starter. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. And they've invested so much into Trey Lance, right? They gave him multiple first-round picks. They moved up in a draft to take this kid. And now they're, what, showcasing him to trade him? It feels like that's kind of what they're doing here, right? Because they're already saying – Purdy's the guy. They're giving him all first team reps right now. Um, so to me, I don't like the mojo, Chad. This is one of these things I'm gonna knock on the 49ers right now. I don't really like um what I'm what I'm feeling or hearing out of camp with this, but to me, he's Shanahan's in a great position. He's got three quarterbacks that he likes. So he likes Purdy, he likes Trey Lance, he likes Sam Darnold. That's a good spot to be in because I don't know how this Purdy thing is gonna work out. Like he's coming back. So again, Chad just talked about that he was a seventh round pick, and then he's coming off a major injury surgery. Right, he had Tommy John surgery to fix his elbow. That's a big deal. Like the guy didn't have any off season programs. Now he's getting thrown right in with the first team offense, and you can go through it. He's been terrible since he's been back. He's had multiple fumbles. He's thrown multiple interceptions. He's been sacked a bunch. And there's just this is just their practices, right? This is red pra- red jersey practices. So, um. I would say not a big deal, right? It's August 1st, not that big big of a deal. If it keeps being this way the next two weeks, I really do think they'll have to make a Trey Lance or Sam Darnold move. It, it, loyalty, loyalty can only go so far when you have a team like this with a 49er. So right now, Brock Purdy is rusty, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that they're committing so much to this kid that seems to me like he was just a flash in the pan. I don't know if he really is legit as he seemed like he was last year.
0: I have two thoughts here <clears throat> if I okay. could if I could jump in. So, and they're they're kind of divergent thoughts. So, the first has to do with Trey Lance in that a year ago, he was a hot long shot MVP ticket. And it made sense you you think of Trey Lance with all of the raw talent that he has within that offense, what he was able to do in college, now, granted, like, it was going to be super raw, but if things worked out, you could see how he's the, the quarterback on a team that's the number one seed in the NFC, and he does enough to win the MVP. You could see that. I don't know why we would assume that because he didn't play all that well in a monsoon in Chicago in week one and then was injured in week two that all of a sudden, all of the potential he had just a year ago is all of a sudden gone. Now, it's not encouraging that Shanahan doesn't seem to be as invested in Lance as he was a year ago. And so that I think carries some signal, but there is still great potential in Trey Lance. Now, the other thing, and this sort of goes against what I just said, is that Brock Purdy, like one of the most intriguing bets to me that I've made this offseason was Brock Purdy 75 to one to win MVP, because it's basically the same thesis as what we had with Trey Lance last year, minus the like the draft capital. But when Brock Purdy was on the field last year, he was number one in a number of efficiency metrics. So if he returns and he's healthy and he's the starter all year and you have a 49ers team with a great defense that ends up getting the number one seed in the NFC, he's got the narrative to be able to carry him from Mr. Irrelevant to MVP. So like, I don't think Lance is totally dead. And if he ended up becoming the starter, I think he would outperform expectations. But if Purdy's the week one starter and he keeps that job, like there could be a lot of steam that carries him.
1: The 49ers right now are minus 175 to win the division. Their season win total is at 11.5. Simon, let's start with the season win total. Are you over or under the 11.5 wins for the Niners with a dominant defense and a potentially serviceable quarterback and really good offensive weapons? to win 12 of 17 games.
2: Regression. Just another team that's an easy bet for regression. Like, just go across the board. Do you really think McCaffrey's going to stay fully healthy again for the full season? Probably not. Do you really think their defense is going to be as healthy as they were for the full season? Probably not. Do you think they're going to have a cupcake? They had a really easy schedule last year. you think that's going to happen again? I don't think so. I've gone through their schedule. It's going to be tougher. Yes, Arizona will be layups, but I think Stafford and that Rams team is going to be better. I think the Seahawks, they played them tough last year. I think the same thing, where that division, it's just not going to be a cakewalk that it was last year. I think both times they played the Seahawks, they absolutely blew them out and dominated them. I just don't see it being that way, especially now they lost their defensive coordinator. He's now the head coach down in Houston. So, you know, I wish I'd come here and just say it's all roses for this 49ers team. I got them at 10.4 wins. So I have them, you know, just take away the four. That's at 10 wins. That's where I'm going to average them at. That's under 1.5 wins for their their win total where they're at. So to me, it's not shocking that their plus number right now is to the over, right? I think on Bet three six five it is plus one thirty five to take the over and eleven and a half. That's that's a trap that really stinks. It just shows you all the professional money's coming on the under just because we're playing the history of the league. The league, it's the same thing. We're going to talk about the Eagles going way down in the future. It's just teams that have a lot of success the, the previous year. A lot is built into that. A lot of that is health. A lot of it depends on health. And we've seen it with Shanahan's teams. He's a see- seesaw kind of a coach. Like, they'll make it to the Super Bowl. next year, they'll go fourth in the division or third in the division. It's just the way the 49ers have been, I mean, the last decade. So, looking at this team, I still think they're probably the number two team in the NFC, right? They They have so much talent across the board. They can stay healthy. And if Brock can come in and be what he was last year, I have no doubt they'll cross this 11 and a half number. But if you're betting off a model, no model is going to tell you to take this over. It's just a bad number. It's just a public number, too. Like the books, I'm shocked they haven't dropped it to 11. I guess they're, they know there's not enough people that bet that plus number at 11 and a half and take the over. So to me, it's, it's a good number 10 and seven, 11 and six. That's right where the 49ers are probably going to finish this year. So I'm, I'm happy to take that under, Chad. Well, that's
1: I what's interesting about the Niners. Sir quick note. I Hold was on, rejected... Friedman. It's my podcast. <laughs> I'll stop. Continue. Continue. Uh, what I was going to say about the Niners before Friedman went all, you know, I got Matthew Barry as a boss so I can interrupt anybody on me, <laughs> uh, is that they normally do regress because they go through these years of terrible injuries. And then last year, Trey Lance, Jimmy G, Purdy. Bosa, I think, was hurt for parts of the year. Like they were Samuel was hurt for parts of the year. They were certainly imperfect with their biggest with their biggest players and still outperformed at every level, which is why, by the way, Shanahan gets grouped with every other coach in the NFL as like at the top, top tier. It's because he's such a wizard with what he does with his players and his lineups and his rosters. Um, so it's hard to bet against. The Niners at 11 and a half. I know what you're saying. But if you're going to be the second best team in the East. You're getting to 12 wins. Friedman, go ahead.
0: I'm projected for 10.7. So I'm right there with Simon in in that that ballpark of where
1: they're going to finish. Is that what you're going to say? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. All right. I do want to talk about the Rams. I want to skip over the Seahawks for a second because Friedman, you just talked about Matthew Stafford being uh, healthy and playing to 2021 levels. If he's able to maintain his health, Simon has been beating the drum on the Rams. Their season win total is six and a half. They're plus 900 to win the division right now. Like, you're not going to bet the Niners at minus 175. You're not going to bet the Niners to go over 11 and a half. But shouldn't we be going all in on the Rams? Simon, you first at plus 900 and over six and a half.
2: Yeah, I didn't want to stop you, Chad, because I respect you that much. When you said Stafford, you're unsure about him. What's there to be unsure about? The man, is on, the man has been in camp. He did the offseason program. He took one rest day yesterday, and that was apparently a scheduled rest day. That's what McVay said. And he won't be taking any more days off the rest of preseason. So to me, Stafford, again, guys can lie and they can BS, but he looks healthy. He, he's been talking to He said he said this is the best he's felt since that Super Bowl preseason run where his body's right. He got, this, he, he got everything taken care of in the offseason. I know people ask about this stuff. Guys, I don't have a model that can talk about what a guy's offseason is like and a model that can predict the drama going on his own life. I know his his wife's cancer came back. That's a big deal, and I feel terrible for Matthew Stafford and his family. I don't know how that factors into what I'm doing here. So when people ask about that stuff, like, don't you feel weird back in the Rams when he's all this stuff going off the field? He's dealt with this. Him and his wife have been through a lot of turmoil in their life. So to me, I don't really put any weight into that. When I look at this team just on paper – all the red flags, all the question mark is going to be on the defense. They have a lot of young talent on the defense. They've given up all these draft picks to mortgage their future to win that one Super Bowl. So I get all the questions. There's a reason they're 10-1, to 9-1 to 1 to win this division. But the biggest one is they're just left for dead by the general public. The public loves the Seahawks. They love the 49ers. I mean, hell, Chad, we talked about it. I might be the only guy in America that had Stafford in their top 10 of quarterback rankings. Like people just have left him for dead. He won a Super Bowl not even two years ago. It's, it is bizarre, but that's just the way it is in football. It's just people move on really quick and they always like the new toy. This is where I love, love taking the old guard. Like I love the old quarterback that's kind of left for dead, that he is so far above talent wise. It's, you know, to me, I look at this team and it's just all offensively driven. Like they have, Cooper Cup, and then a bunch of wide receivers that people don't know about, but they're a really talented wide receiver group. And then you have McVay's running scheme, which is one of the best run-blocking schemes in all of football. I love that on the offensive side. The big question mark is the defensive side, but we're not paying for that. Like, literally, I can't stop betting the over six and a half, and I can't stop betting their divisional future. It's just really good value on a team that they had six wins last year, Chad. This team had six wins last year with Baker Mayfield coming off a Super Bowl hangover, all that BS. They still somehow got the six wins last year. So, to me, this is classic, dumb public. They'll bet this under. They'll be all in on the Seahawks. They'll be all in on the 49ers. And I'll just take this number in the sense that we already talked about, it, Chad. They start the season at Seattle and then at home against the 49ers. Guarantee you, if they go 2-0, the Rams, they will go from 10-1, to 9-1 to divisional odds, to maybe 300 to one to four to four to one. It's just, that's a big, big drop. So that's just, to me, it's an easy value play. Like there's, there's rare, there's rare opportunities where you get a really easy value play on a veteran quarterback. And this is one of them. This is one of these where the money has dictated this number. Again, I'll talk to plenty of bookmakers. It's just all Seahawks money in this division. And then it's all 49ers money. Right. So to me, you know, Feels gross, Chad. Doesn't feel good betting on this Rams team just because I think Freeman alluded to it a little bit of, you know, he could be traded, Stafford. like That is a real thing. They tried to move him in the offseason. Um, apparently, he stepped in and said he didn't want to be traded. And like he said, that's good to be wanted by these other teams, but it's just gone too far the other way, this Rams hate, right? They still have Aaron Donald as the anchor of that defense. They still have Stafford and Cooper Cup on that offense. I just... I think there's too much doubt with McVeigh right now with this team. It's just, I it just doesn't make sense to me, Chad. Six and a half on a team that got six wins last year, it's too low. But then you look at the numbers and the public are betting this under. They're taking this under just because they think this team isn't that good. So uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the divisional odds. And it's an easy, easy position that if they do go 2 and 0 to start the year, then I come back another side. I'll take the 49ers because the 49ers, 49ers right now, would you say they were, Chad, minus 175 for this division? I don't, minus 175. I wouldn't take it that price. So to me, it's a nice playback of, okay, say the 49ers do start one-on-one, they lose that second game to the Rams. You'll be able to get a nice buyback on this 49ers team if that's what you want to do. So yeah, I'm just like the Jaguars last year, Chad. I definitely think the Rams are one of these teams I'm all in on this upcoming season.
1: Rams plus 105 over six and a half at bet 365 right now. Simon, if Friedman doesn't speak specifically to... A question I have. I'm gonna come back to you, <laughs> but Friedman. In the in the uh spirit of Jack German, Los Angeles Rams.
0: What say you? Uh I will agree with basically everything Simon said, except one thing. I don't think he's taking it far enough. <laughs> if, wow. If the Rams are actually good enough to win the division at nine to one odds. And I I'll say I haven't projected for 6.9. So I, I do like the over a little bit, even though I'm a pessimist, I would never actually bet the over on almost any win total. But if we're thinking about the wide range of outcomes that this team has, if they are good enough to win the division, that means that Matthew Stafford is healthy. Cooper cup is healthy. Sean McVay is a locked in and living life and you probably have a defense that is anchored by aaron donald playing at near peak form with a lot of young guys who have stepped up and you have a defense that right now i'm ranking them number 32 in the league right but that's like the the base case worst case scenario if they're better even if they're just a little bit better and they get some youth enthusiasm here they could be middle of the road and at that point you have a, a Super Bowl type of offense with a good enough defense. What's stopping them from getting to the Super Bowl at that point? If they are good enough to win the division, what is stopping them from reaching the Super Bowl? So I would just say, bet them to win the NFC. And honestly, bet them to win the Super Bowl. 66 to 1 at bet 365. I, I
1: would I would bet that. Working for fantasy life, living in a fantasy. That's Matthew <laughs> Friedman in a nutshell. What I wanted to ask Simon about was, what do we think about the offensive line for the Rams, which was atrocious last year? Is there been enough of an improvement that we think it can help the Rams do what we need to do? We're talking all about the offense, but we're talking all about skill positions. And you have said many, many times on this show, what you grade highest when it comes to uh, thinking about teams and their value, offensive line, defensive line.
2: Yeah, definitely not the strongest suit of this team. Um, I think I, I'd have to go through, I, I'm pretty sure I had them anywhere from 22 to 18, so they're in that range of, they're not as terrible as people think they were last year, but they're definitely not as good as uh, I would hope they would be. So, definitely an issue when you got a guy like Stafford back there that, you know, was taking a lot of hits last year. That's, that's obviously what helped break him down before he set off in the sunset last year, so I'm right there with you, Chad. That's definitely a big, big, big negative towards me, but it's the McVay factor. Like if they do have a weak offensive line, McVeigh will design his offense around that. That's what makes him so special. So a lot of a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm going to go through here in preseason and, and learn more about their offensive line. But as we stand here right now,
1: that's that that is a big question mark to me is their offensive line, how they're going to perform this year. All right. You guys have heard us talk about game time on this show so often. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. I love game time. You guys know I love it. I say that authentically. You know how much I've used it. I do use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week, or even a concert, Game Time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm actually gonna open the Game Time app right now from my house here in Connecticut. You know what I'm seeing? New York Yankees tickets, $8. The get in price tonight for New York Yankees tickets. $8, no matter where you live. Download the Game Time app, get out, have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
1: Matthew Stafford. One rest day scheduled, he took it practicing every day. Uh, We've talked about Brock Purdy and his routine so far during training camp. We're, I don't know, a week into most training camps. What is your routine when you're prepping for the season when it comes to keeping track of the news in training camps? Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess the routine is keeping up like a a Twitter list. I guess not a Twitter list anymore. An X list. That sounds really weird. Uh, But an X list of different beat reporters. We've all got an X
1: list, Freeman. Yeah,
0: I will just monitor throughout the day. Um, But, uh, I mean, there's so much aggregation that happens now that it's not hard to keep track of the news for the big players. It's more about, um, I mean, like Simon said, like thinking about the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, thinking about the depth on some of these teams. And so for that, you know, there are just specific beat reporters who tend to be very good at uh, highlighting different camp battles, like the more obscure ones. Uh, And so I'll just be sure to read whatever reports that they have.
1: Simon, what about you?
2: Yeah, it's the same. It's just, honestly, that's, the weirdest part about being out in Hawaii is like the whole world goes to bed by 3 p.m. Hawaii time, which is like 9 p.m. East coast. And it's, it's a bit weird where it's like, I'm catching up on everything from the day. Um, you know, we joke, Chad, this is the time of year where it's like, like DJ Moore today, caught a slant route, took it for a touchdown. It's like, well, holy shit. Like any bears fans going absolutely crazy. When's the last time you guys had a wide receiver that could take a slant route to the end zone, Brandon Marshall. So it's, I think any any fan base is going crazy. Like I can't stop reading about these Georgia Bulldog rookies that the Eagles drafted. Like I'm obsessed. So it's one of those where
1: superstars.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like everyone's drinking their own Kool-Aid. And I think it's a better our job is to sift through all the bullshit. So right now, I'm just drinking all in. Like this is the time of year I'll just take it all in. And the next couple of weeks, I'll start forming and really, really, really start forming opinions on stuff where some of this is pure smokescreen. Some of it is, you know, a lot of these teams work with these media members. And again, I'm talking about Trey Lance, but there's no doubt in my mind the 49ers are going to try to move Trey Lance. Like, they clearly believe in Brock Purdy. So to me, every time I see a hype tweet about Trey Lance or him doing really well, it's like, okay, is this 49ers PR trying to move this guy and put his name out there? So it is tough, Chad, trying to sift through all of it, but... It's it's the best just because we already talked about it. It's like there's so much information we put out there that if you can find good sources, you really could take advantage for the upcoming season. I felt like this point last year, you know, we were really ahead of it with the Chiefs team. The Chiefs were getting so much doubt by so many people just because they lost Tyree Kill. And we talked about it all the time. It's like this team is gonna be better now. They're in two tight end sets. Like that's gonna be an improvement for them this upcoming season. And we saw that it was. So that's one of those where, yes, I'm forming opinions here in this preseason. But it's one of those where it's like I'm just trying to sift through all the bullshit, Chad. There's just so much BS. Every everyone thinks their team's going 17 and 0, and going to Super Bowl at this point. So that's my job is kind of temper expectations, not throughout last year, but mold last year into this year, where it's like, okay, just because the Eagles went whatever it was 13 and 3, 13 and 4 last year, is totally irrelevant to this upcoming season. But it's nice to see those gains for a certain team. So a team we're about to talk about, the Seahawks, is one of those teams that just jumps out of a team with a ton of success last year, Chad. Now what are they going to do this year?
1: My favorite note so far this year uh, in reading about the Bears during the training camp is uh, number one pick Darnell Wright, uh, offensive lineman from Tennessee, uh, came into camp 16 pounds lighter in the best shape he's ever been in. Because he spent the off-season doing the training program for wide receivers by accident. So I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. Am I thrilled that our top pick and an offensive lineman is in great shape? Or am I upset that he didn't realize he was doing the wrong training program for an entire off-season? Did he not communicate with anybody? Like, what happened here? I'm going to take it in a positive way because you know what? It's optimism season. No one's doing bad. Even the rookie corners getting burned are still moving their hips in the just the right way that <laughs> if they can adjust their angle, they'll be perfect. We're really encouraged by we're see- the way we're seeing a move. All right. I don't know what the Seahawks have done in the offseason to make us think that they are a contender in any way this team right now they're at plus 220
2: they had a great they had a great draft
1: plus 220 in the division eight and a half uh season win total it has regression written all over it to me and they did have a great draft last year too right great great draft uh the defensive back they drafted the running back um but come on Gino's not going to be the same Gino Friedman back me up.
0: Are we, are we sure that he's not going to be close to the same Gino? I mean, I would say like he's in a pretty large tier of NFL quarterbacks where he could be like the number 20 quarterback in the league or the number 10 quarterback in the league. And there really wouldn't be much separating a lot of those guys, but what he did last year was fairly close on like a per attempt basis, efficiency basis to what he did the year before when he was a backup quarterback. He's been there a long time, so he knows the system. Shane Waldron, I think, is a pretty impressive offensive coordinator. Their offensive line should be better than it was last year, both because they've added to it and because they had two rookie tackles last year who were good and are now entering into their second season. They could take another step forward. They've increased... The strength of their wide receiver unit with drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now they might have, if not, like it's not the best wide receiver group in the league, but one of the best wide receiver groups in the league. And then on top of that, the running game should still be pretty good. I I think the offense will be good this year.
2: Arguably the three best receivers in the history of the NFL, Chad. I know it's a little early to say that, but oh my God. I'm I'm I can't believe how good their receiving core is so it's scary because I want to be right on the Seahawks team the only people that are really all in on them are their diehard fans like they're, they're, they're the Seahawks fans they were allowed Chad we talked I don't know maybe it was a month ago or whenever we had a Freeman on just about the regression we saw coming on Gino and all their fans are just coming back saying well how are they going to regress when he has another weapon to this receiving core and that is fair Um you know it's it's a rare position of a team really did dominate the draft, Chad. It is. We saw it last year with the Jets, right? We we expected a lot of not bad play from the Jets, but we just had no faith in Zach Wilson. And we were like, we don't want to take too much from that draft class, right? Sauce came out, became an all-pro, and that really changed that whole dynamic on that defense. And I have no idea how good of this Iowa State kid is, right? He could be a total flop and maybe I'm overblowing this, but – from all the scouts I talked to, all these guys close in the NFL, they are on this kid for years, like talking about how good of a talent this kid is. And now we've seen it now in the limited time I've seen it in preseason, this kid's route running chat is incredible. Like, again, I have tons of respect for DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf runs shit at routes. When he came out of college, he was just known as a straighthead runner. Now he's improved. He's gotten much better. That's not really a strong suit. Lockett, on the other hand, the other wide receiver in that group, that is where he's really strong. He's incredible running route. So, you know, I want to I take this under. I have an 8.9 wins, so that rounded up to nine wins. So I do have them at the over slightly. Nine and eight, not that far of a stretch for this team, right? Just because last year I think they overachieved, right? They, they were better earlier than most of us predicted. I'll be the first to admit last year I took their under. I did not see Geno Smith turning around his career like he did. I really did think last year was going to be a Band-Aid year you would be okay, but they would eventually draft a quarterback in the in the upcoming draft. They still talk about drafting a quarterback. Remember that, Chad? They said if Anthony Richardson fell yeah. to five, they probably would have taken him. So to me, this is a really obviously a smart front office. This is a, a coach in Pete Carroll that I just can't get over how good of a coach he has been through all these years. Like When he came from USC... I was one of those people that was like, okay, he's just running away from a school that he tarnished, right? Remember, he had all that drama. That's why he left yeah. there. They were gonna lose the Heisman and Reggie Bush. They had a lot of stuff going on. Man, has he been a great coach there? So that's the hardest part for me. Is I, I do want to take this under, but I, my my model has not in an over and I factor in the Pete Carroll factor of this, where it's like the Tom Tom, you know, Tomlin and this Pittsburgh team, no one t- saw them in that over last year, and he did it. He got there. Me and Chad believed in it. But we were kind of island with that Pittsburgh team last year. Feels the same as the Seahawks this year, where I do think Gino's going to have a regression, but I think that wide receiving core is so good that even if he goes from his incredible 70, 70% completion percentage to 64, 65%, I think that's enough for him to get this team to nine wins. So, not putting any money on them divisionally, I do not like the value at all. I think this is way too inflated. To me, they're closer to plus 300. They're down to, I think, plus 180, plus 190 on bet 365 for this division. That's way too low for this team. So, um, to me, all the value division-wise is on the Rams. Win total-wise, I will throw a very small bet on this over
1: 8.5. You said something that uh, is a little bit shocking. It pained you? The greatest receiving core in history –
2: the the three of them, yeah. I, yeah. I honestly believe that.
1: Dude, the Raiders had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice at the same time. Wasn't, there was there was white game.
2: cornerbacks when they were playing, Chad. Though that shit don't matter.
1: Oh my god. Get get out of here with
2: your time capsule. The,
1: uh, like that is just a hugely bold statement. I feel like we should be able to think of three receivers on the same team. Like the Chargers. With Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as two-thirds of a receiving core are are already better than what the Seahawks have. You're you're saying they could go down as that.
2: I just I can't get over how good this kid is, man. There's just I already knew how good Lockett were and DK Metcalf were. They literally made Geno Smith get paid. Like Geno Smith was left for dead. This man got three years, what is it, 70 million, 80 million? 30 million dollars, something like that. <laughs> something crazy like that. So I'm with you, Chad. I hate to say shit like this, but I'm watching this kid run routes in practice and his body control and his hands. Holy shit, man. Like they just, they nailed this draft. And again, I think they just signed the cornerback that they took the fifth overall. Yeah. If he can be what we think he should be, right? As a lockdown corner, that reshapes your whole defense. So, um, you know, they already have, arguably a top five top four safety in this league now you're adding a hopefully to them a top five corner that's that's a big deal to this defense that you know they struggled in a lot of ways last year now they didn't really correct which is their biggest issue which is they couldn't stop the run last year I don't know if you remember this but they could not stop the run like that was the biggest issue for this team I know they've added pieces to that d-line and you know maybe their d tackle will make a big difference but yeah just just on paper, Chad, I'm in love with this wide receiver core. And I, I get where you're coming from. I hate saying shit like this, but man, it, it doesn't get more talented than this kind of group.
1: Simon said that he thinks the Seahawks wide receiving core could go down, if not already, as the greatest three receivers on the same roster in NFL history.
0: You get the enthusiasm. I would just say it's uh, probably a little too soon to think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to change the face of the NFL. Uh, he is super talented. I think he's going to be a great slot receiver. One question is, how often are the, the Seahawks going to go into three wide receiver sets? Because they still rely on two tight ends quite a bit. And I, they, know, they don't have a running back. Both their running backs are dead. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, one of them will be healthy by the time the season starts, but it's uh, it's a it's an offense I know. So you know, on the one hand, Simon is saying like uh, regression, regression, and then he makes the case for like why this offense should be good. And the defense, you know, he he hit it there too. The defense could be pretty good, not against the run, but maybe a little bit better against the run, just good enough against the run, and then super dynamic against the pass because Tariq Woolen was a legit like long armed. Uh, super athletic shutdown cornerback last year. And then they drafted a cornerback at number five. Like they could have one of the top corner uh, tandems in the league. And then they're also really strong at safety now with three legit starters back there. Like they might just roll with three safeties in their nickel package or uh, maybe play a little bit more of a dime package. So their defense could be significantly better than it was last year. Their offense, I think, could take a little step forward. I'm not going to say like they're Super Bowl contenders, but like they feel like a team that like if they get feisty could end up playing like the 49ers in the conference championship game. You know what I mean? Like they they could have some feistiness to them that propels them in the playoffs.
1: Well, look, I think that, I think though for purposes of this conversation, we don't think there's value on the Seahawks to win the division. Simon has them at plus 300 in their – At Bet365, Simon, you said it was 180, 190. I saw it at plus 220. So maybe it's different in different places, but plus 220 and their season win total at eight and a half. Simon has them at eight, nine. So slightly over, but not something he's going to bet. Friedman, what was your win total on the Seahawks? I'm close to market.
0: I didn't really see anything bettable for them in the futures market. It would, I saw stuff in the, season long player prop market that I thought was bettable, but really nothing
1: on their, their team futures market. I will look, we've left the, the worst team <laughs> for last the Arizona Cardinals Kyler Murray. We don't know what's happening with him. That is a legit question. He came out yesterday and said, he's just going maybe two days ago and said, he's, you know, making his way back, but he's not setting a timetable to it. Um, Their season win total is four and a half. Their odds to win the division, they're plus 2,500, 25 to one. Uh, Not much to say about this team. Is there? Friedman. If there's nothing to say. Yeah. Burn it down,
0: you know? Uh, and, And I will say that I think they at least intelligently started the process of rebuilding the entire team. This past offseason. So say whatever you want about, you know, Jonathan Gannon is, is your head coach. I would prefer more of an offensive minded coach, to defensive coach, but whatever. You brought in a new coach. He brought in a new staff and then you traded away some pieces there. You have a shot at having two picks in the top five next year. And like to me, that actually feels like the best case scenario for this team. Like the worst case scenario is somehow overperforming, bringing Kyler Murray back too early And you have a record of like five and 12, you know, to where like, you didn't really do anything to help yourself this season or for the future. So I will be curious to see how it is that they, they implement the rebuilding during the season. But even with an incredibly low win total, there's no way I would want to take the over because they could just make a series of moves during the year that make this team perpetually underperform and end up with the worst record in the league. So let's take the under
1: Simon, let's take the under four and a half.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of these teams where, you know, I know people, how upset people got when I talked about Kyler Murray was on the trading block during the draft and they were trying to move him, and they're willing to eat up a lot of his salary. Cause they basically made a deal with the devil. Like they gave him a deal where If they traded him this offseason, I think they'd still have to pay him like a hundred million on a dead cap. It's something crazy like that, where their their last GM was a real idiot. I don't know if you've heard him talking now on multiple different shows. Wow, how how do I get a job as a GM in the NFL? Just to be a total buffoon. That's what that guy feels like. So to me, it's just a situation of they have a lot of demons exile, right? They have a lot of mistakes on this team. I mean, I'm shocked Buda Baker doesn't want to get the fuck out of there. Like this guy is way too good to be stuck on a sinking ship like this. Um, you know, it's just, it sucks if you're an Arizona fan, right? I mean, just a year ago, I think me and Chad both had Kyler Murray in our top 10 quarterbacks. And then it comes out that this kid doesn't study his playbooks. He likes to play video games right when he gets home. He is the last one into, into the facilities, the first one out. Those are all the biggest red flags. I mean, Chad, you have your own quarterback right now, Justin Fields. Apparently this kid lives in your facility. Like literally, stays in there 24 7 sometimes just all week he's at the facility sleeps there wakes up trains watches film that's what you need to be great in nfl everyone has the same level of talent right we talk all the time the talent level from the number one quarterback to the 32nd isn't that different it's all about how hard you're willing to work and how smart you are so to me kyler we all know his god-given ability but on a sinking ship like this chad i think freeman talked about where it's like if they start the year zero and five why would they rush Kyler back? Like, there is no, no reason to rush him back. I can guarantee people listening to the show, me and Chad are going to be on them week one. Cole McCoy plus six against Washington, give it to me all day. Like, me and Chad are going to love that number. But season went to a four and a half. It feels right. Like, it was five and a half. The news came out. I mean, I was the only one talking about that. Kyler was trying to get moved. Then the news came out that his injury is actually a lot longer into the season than people predicted. Most people thought he'd be back by week two or three of the preseason. It's not really looking that way. So four and a half for the worst team of football seems right. I mean, there's a lot of question marks at Tyler, this coaching staff, and just the future of this team. And yes, you if you can have Houston's draft pick and your own, and you can have two top five picks in a year that who knows how good these quarterbacks are coming out next year, but it's one of those where, I feel like they don't have a choice. Like they have to end up, they're probably gonna have to end up taking one of these quarterbacks and move off Kyler Murray. So to me, Chad, the when you're looking at a number this low, I mean you usually don't like taking unders this low. I honestly, like last year, I think our lowest total was I think we took Bears five and a half, and we were scared. Remember when they won three games yeah. in the first month and a half, and we were like, shit, totally. that was a bad bet. I don't think we'll have to worry about that with this Arizona team. So uh, I'm with Freeman. i i I'm not gonna put a big bet on it. I got them at four wins. So four and a half feels right. Uh, I'm going to take this under here. No division odds, nothing for them. I just, I love betting shitty teams to win the divisions. This like they could have gave me, I don't know, 2001 odds on this divisional odds. I probably still wouldn't bet. it. I just, there is no scenario unless literally all these other teams just fall, off, fall off a cliff. Arizona maybe can do it, but I just don't believe it. So to me, Chad, I hate going with the public. This is one of the most This one must heavily bet public bets right now. I saw action tweeted out earlier today, the under four and a half. I'll deal with Chad. I'll join the public and I'll take the under four and a half. It just feels like the right number for a team that just has no identity right now.
1: We did bet the Texans under four and a half, I think last year or two years ago. um, And we cashed it. Uh, And yes, we talked about the Cardinals as well as the Steelers and I think the Browns as three of our favorite week one bets. You can check those out in the Action Network app. Follow me, Simon. Uh, you can follow Simon. You can also follow Matthew Friedman in the Action Network app. He's got a lot of followers. He's got like 100,000 followers. He has uh, one of the mo- the biggest followings of anybody in the Action Network app. I think, I think it's only Stucky has more followers. Only you Stucky. Like you can see uh, all of our week one bets that we've already made in the action network app this has been the nfc west division preview i will summarize uh we like the niners under eleven and a half. and a half we like the rams at plus 900 we like the rams over six and a half we're gonna take a little flyer, a little taste of the cardinals under four and a half we're going to avoid the seahawks altogether as a reminder the favorites podcast is proudly presented by bet365 the world's favorite sportsbook brand Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. For Matthew Friedman, Fantasy Life betting expert. Check him out in the Fantasy Life newsletter. He's going to be... Uh, Sending along tons and tons of betting, detailed betting analysis. Simon Hunter, my co-host. I am Chad Millman. This has been The Favorites presented by Bet365. We are part of the Action Network. Download from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, which is Thursday, for our next Division Preview.